the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It matters what we do in this body. It must die. The old nature must die and must subject the body to the leading of God's Spirit. So it does matter. It does matter what we do it, with this body. It matters to God because it's sacred. Okay? But when you find people, when you find yourself saying, in fact, I talk to a lot of people who says, I'm a, I'm a Christian. You know, I, you know, I got all of these issues, but, you know, I just let God sort it out in the end. I, I, um, you know, I think God looks at my heart and God sees my heart and God knows my heart is okay. And it doesn't really matter what I, what I do with, with, with my body. Don't go that route. As a pastor who loves you, don't, don't have that kind of mindset. Don't, don't, don't say to God, it doesn't, doesn't matter what I do with myself. God holds your body sacred because the body of Jesus is sacred and he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell that body. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This matters because this is an act of real and true worship. So God demands that we glorify God with our bodies to keep it under subjection, to kill, to destroy the old nature that keeps exerting itself and trying to subject the body to its own will. And you know what? Let me just say this to you. It doesn't matter what kind of body you have. The you know, we all look different, right? Right? We all don't, we all don't look the same, you know? Some of you are, are, you know, are built a certain way. You have certain characteristics in your body. Uh, some of you are jealous. I'm I'm just kidding, okay? Don't be don't don't take that personally. Okay. Some some of us some of us are born with, with good genes, you know, we're healthy, right? And and some of us uh get sick at a whim, you know, and, and things like that. And 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 some people have a problem with that. You know what, if the body matters so much, why are we you know, why are some people beautiful and why are some, you know, not so beautiful? <laughs> why are some people, you know, you know, I saw a calendar a long time ago, you know, my coworker, you know, this, she, has, she has this big poster of this really handsome, muscular man, you know. I mean, the typical Adonis, you know, the typical, just good-looking poster of a man, you know, just the, 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 the ultimate perfect specimen. And underneath it says, not all men are created equal. You know, I scratched my head, and you know what? You know, and I and I compared myself to that picture. It just just didn't work, right? And oftentimes we think, you know, hey, the body doesn't really matter that much. It's what's in the inside, you know. Um, but it matters to God. God values what we are physically. He values it. 
We don't even know what Jesus looked like, but I guarantee you the Bible doesn't speak very highly of the way Jesus looked. In fact, in Isaiah, it says he had no beauty that we should desire him. Now think about that for a moment. But the body is sacred. Well, pastor, I get sick often. I have cancer. Is that an excuse not to look at the body and hold it sacred? Of course not. God doesn't care about how we were born, the kind of body we have. The value is the same. You know, I, I once uh, took out $20 from an ATM machine and I got this crisp, brand new, clean $20 bill. And it's so nice, it's so new, and it's so clean, I didn't want to spend it, you know. And then I compared it to the $20 that I already have in my wallet, and that $20 was ready to go, you know. It was dirty, it was old, it has all, it's crumpled and all of that. And then you put those two things side by side, and what's the difference between the two? Absolutely nothing. Both are $20 and have the same value. God looks at our bodies the same way. Bible says, glorify God with your body. 2 Corinthians 5.10, again, Paul reiterates, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is for you and I as Christians. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So even Christians will be accountable for what we do in the body. Can you imagine if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've not have been born again, you're going to be accountable not only for, you know, all the, the, the things that you committed in your soul and <laughs> you know, in, your, in your spirit, but also in the body. So we don't try to cater to the whims of the sinful nature and engage the body in its desire. We find fulfillment, ultimate fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ. He was fully man and fully God. In him we have completeness, spirit, soul, and body. The whole person. That's why when the old nature starts to creep in, we must put it to death. The old life has to go, and we need to accept the new life that Jesus offers. The life that is abundant is a life that is full without sacrificing the sacredness of the human body. You want to find fulfillment? We find it in Christ. That's what the verse says. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. We need not cater to the things and to the appetites of the flesh. Now, there's a second sign that we must recognize, believe, and confess that testifies that we are dead or that we are putting to death the old self, and that is the sufficiency of the power of the cross. Not just the supremacy of the person of Christ, but also the sufficiency of the power of the cross. Look at the first part of verse 11. It says, In Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hand. It's a circumcision that God performs in the person's heart. Three times in this verse, Paul used the word circumcision. Now, what is that circumcision he's talking about? Circumcision is the crucifixion of the flesh, the crucifixion of our old nature, the subjection of the old nature to the glory of God by the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
He's talking about the sufficiency of what Jesus has done on the cross to change a person's life. You know, people don't understand it. What's the point of Jesus dying on the cross? He died on the cross so we can, in fact, put to death the old, the old self. And it's sufficient to do that. We don't need anything else. You see, another heresy of the Gnostics, they don't believe in the sufficiency of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. They don't believe in the sufficiency of His incarnate nature, that He was the full Son of God, fully God, and fully human being. They don't accept that. They think that He was just a spirit. And they also do not accept the sufficiency of His death on the cross. They're saying that you need to have some kind of a special knowledge, gnosis, a revelation from God in order to be saved. And Paul was trying to tell them, no, 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 no. There's a reason why this perfect son of God went to the cross and died. And by virtue of that death, you can be born again and you can be transformed. Now, I don't have all the answers to people who say, but why death on the cross? But God did it that way. God says, I'm putting my son's body to be subjected to the most torturous experiences that you, uh, that a human being can go through, and I'm doing that for the sole purpose of saving you. And when I save you, you're going to have to put to death as well the old nature. Galatians 6.14, Paul says, May I never boast except on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. When Christians recognize, believe, and confess the sufficiency of the cross, what we are saying is this, that God has removed the life support of the old nature. He has done everything, removed all the barriers, so we can put to death that old self that we have, that old nature. We can put it to death. We don't need to live enslaved by the things that is dictated, that are dictated by our sinful nature, by our rebellion against God. And I know what some people are thinking. Maybe you're thinking this way. Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I know I have this new nature. I know that this, this old self is dead. But uh, there are just some things that I'm fighting right now that I cannot kill. Anybody relate to that? I mean, I've been a Christian, but that doesn't mean that the old nature... Uh, the residual effect of it, the influence of that old nature in my life has all gone away. I mean, I, you and I are still susceptible to, to being angry, right, and sinning. How many of you have been angry and not sinned? Don't raise your hand. Please. Because we all get angry and we sin. But the Bible says, be angry but do not sin. Yeah, easy for you to say, right? But we, don't we still have to put that away? I mean, how do you do that? How do you get angry and not sin? I mean, it's difficult, right? Whether it's anger, whether it's hatred, prejudice, you know. A lot of things. Bitterness, fear, right? Lust. Lust is a big thing, especially for men and women too. Lust is one of those residual things of the old nature that keeps on sticking its head, right? And, uh, you know, well, well, let, me, let me encourage all of us. You know, doesn't mean it's, it's exerting itself doesn't mean you can't kill it. The problem with us sometimes is we fight defensively when it comes to the old nature. Why not fight it to kill it? We need to have a 
killing mentality <laughs> when it comes to these things. We you need to have that, that, that ability to say, this is the wrong thing, and I'm going to fight it to kill it. Not fight it to get it away from me. Not fight it to just so that I can, I can be relieved of it. No, we need to learn how to fight to kill the things in the old nature. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty old. I saw the movie Terminator when it came out in the theaters. It came out in 1984. And you know what? I could still remember watching that. And since that, th that's a unique kind of movie because it's the only movie that I have seen thus far at that point wherein the villain was the main star of the movie. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Real villain. I'm kidding. I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. But in that movie, that movie has been copied over and over again because it resonates. It connects to a lot of people. That Terminator couldn't be killed. I mean, you can run it with a big rig, run it down with a big rig. You can burn it. You can shoot it. You can chop. You can, you can hit it with a bazooka. And it keeps getting up. It keeps going after the good guy in the movie. And you know how many times that has been uh, used, that formula has been used in movies? Over and over again. Because it, 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 it shows us that there are certain things that we can't just easily destroy. You know? And that's the same thing with some of the things in the old nature. A lot of it we need, need to determine. There's, there's some things that we're going to fight until we face Jesus. But that doesn't excuse us from fighting to kill, putting it to death. A lot of people tell me, you know, you've been a Christian for a hundred years. By this time, you should be perfect. No such thing. We'll never be perfect until we see Jesus face to face. We'll never achieve that perfection here, but we can achieve sanctification. We can overcome. We can win the battles. We can't win the war. Jesus won the war. In the end, we win the war, but in the meantime, we fight the good fight of faith. Amen? We need to fight to kill. When we come to faith in Christ, the body becomes the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit that fulfills us. And, uh, you know, and it, it gets rid of that flesh, the rebellion that we have. You know, it's illustrated in the Bible. I'm going to go to it very quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 15. God said to Saul through the prophet Samuel, Kill the Amalekites. Kill all of it. All of them. Kill everything. Destroy the land. But Saul, having heard that commandment from God, spared the best of the land. Spared the best, of especially the animals. And what he did was, he offered sacrifices to God based on those wonderful animals that, uh, that he captured. But God says, destroy everything. Kill everything. What was Saul's problem? Saul's problem was not that he didn't love God, that he didn't believe in God. His problem was he thought that God's words are not sufficient. He was told to kill everything, but he spared some things. And that's what we do sometimes in our life. You know, we excuse so many things that in, instead of getting rid of them in our lives, we, we, we give some excuses. Bible says, put to death, therefore, the deeds of the flesh. And it's in, it matters to God that we have that mindset. Now, there's a third sign that we must recognize, believe, and confess that prove that we are dead or dying to ourselves. And that is, we surrender, the surrender of our personal control of life. 
Surrender of personal control. Now, these, these are not new propositions for us. We've heard them before. But this is quite important. Look at the, le- the, the next part of verse 11. It says, The whole self ruled by the flesh was put o- off when we were circumcised with Christ. You know, dead people don't have any say. Amen? Dead people can't complain. Dead people can't argue. Dead people can't defend themselves or attack anybody. When you're dead, you're dead. You have no say. And that's what it means to be fully surrendered to God. That's what it means to be born again. That's what it means to say, Lord, I belong to you. You demolish all the arguments that you have against God. You don't question God anymore. So if someone here listening to my voice uh, this morning and you're saying to yourself, you know, but Pastor, I got so many issues and so many questions that I want to ask God. Listen up. I want to say this with all the love and all the grace that I can. If you're still questioning Jesus, if you still have questions as to the person of Jesus, as to what Jesus has accomplished on the cross, you need to come to faith in Him because you're most certainly not born again. A born-again person died to the old arguments. In fact, the Bible says, uh, put to death all the arguments, all the thoughts that exerts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Okay? Don't let any hang-up prevent you from putting your full faith and trust in Jesus. Well, it's easy for you to say, you know, uh, it has not, uh, nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with what the Holy Spirit accomplishes when He enters our lives. Amen? This is the work of the Holy Spirit. Those questions, those doubts go away, amen? Now, that's what I'm going to argue. If you've been a Christian for a long time and you're still doubting so many things about who Jesus is, well, something's wrong, all right? Something's wrong. If you're still doubting about who Jesus said, you, you probably don't even know who you put your faith in. You and I know this because when we come to faith in Jesus, we surrendered control of everything of our decisions, of the way we think, everything. The world will laugh at you because they're going to think that you have blind faith, that you blindly obeying. We don't call it that. As Christians, we call it full surrender. That's an act of faith. Okay? 1 Corinthians 2, 2, Paul says, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus and Him crucified. What he's saying is when I gave my life to Christ, I resolved, I already settled and rested control of my personal life in the hands of Christ and His Word. I will no longer live for myself. I will no longer think just for myself, but I'm going to think and live and move according to the dictates of the Word of Christ perpetuated and promulgated in my life by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Bet you've read that verse many times, but the impact of that is tremendous for some, someone who has come to know Jesus by faith. There's a final sign that shows that, that we must recognize, believe, and confess that shows that we are, in fact, dead to the old self or that the old self is dying within us. And that is the sanctified participation in the calling of Jesus. Sanctified participation in His call. 
Verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, baptism for all its significance and symbolism is really an act of participating in the call of Jesus' life. What do I mean by that? I mean the calling that Jesus had in this world, okay? The life that Jesus lived in this world, the words that Jesus walked by and proclaimed and taught, we are participants in that same calling. Who is the head? Jesus. Who is the body of Jesus? You and I, the church. So we participate in the call of Jesus, in his suffering, in his work, in the redemptive plan of God. That's a huge calling. But we are called to be Christ in the world as a church. You know, pastors uh, taught us, you know, growing up, I'm sure you've heard pastors speak and say, the church is the hand, the, the church is the hand and the feet of Jesus. We are his eyes, we are his ears, we are his hands, we are his feet. And that's all true. But you know what? That's not our primary call. Our primary call is to be the voice of Jesus in this world. Did you ever think about that? You are a voice of Christ. That's your primary calling and mine. Now what's wrong with being the hands and feet and all of these other things that we hear pre preachers say? Our primary calling is to proclaim the person of Jesus. Our primary calling is to proclaim the kingdom of God in this world, just like Jesus did. Now, I know a lot of Christians, they think that the, the, the gospel is a gospel of, you know, uh, social this or social that. Our gospel is not a social gospel. It's a sacred gospel. It is a calling to be like Jesus in this world. Our calling is not a political call. It's a prophetic call. We are the voice of Jesus. We need to speak the words of Christ. We need to speak where Jesus stands on issues that faces us every day. You know what? If we just, you, you know, I'm not saying that doing good, helping the poor and encouraging people, all the, doing all the good things we're doing as a church, doing as Christians, those are all wonderful things. But you know what that does? It's only half of our call. And it's the half that the world likes. Try to help the poor and the world will love you. Amen? Try to encourage, you know, try, try to accommodate all the things, uh, all, the, all the people that are doing in the world, even, even if in sinful things. Try not to attack those things and they will love you. Amen? If you, if you as a Christian only do one half of the call and that is to, be the, to do the good things, people will love you. But when you open your mouth and you say, thus saith the Lord, this is what God says, they're going to crucify you as they crucified Jesus. Jesus performed a lot of miracles, amen? He did a lot of good things. Multiplied bread, fed the hungry, right? Healed the sick, raised the dead. That's the calling that Jesus did to demonstrate who he was, to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is about grace, mercy, and love, and all of these things. But then Jesus opened his mouth. And he says, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. You can't go to heaven except through me. Go and sin no more. That go and sin no more, people got upset with that. People got really ticked. And they didn't care the good things, about the good things that Jesus did. They didn't care about all the healings. They didn't care about the bread. They didn't care about walking on water. They didn't care about anything. What they cared about 
was the fact that Jesus spoke the truth. Loved ones, we know we died to ourselves when we can look at people with all the love in our heart and tell them, you need to walk away from that sin. You need to stop thinking that way. When we oppose laws that are compelling us to accept lifestyles and, and things that our faith rejects, that's when we become the voice. Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and feed the hungry and encourage and heal the sick. Did Jesus really say that? Was that really the commission that Jesus gave us? Absolutely not. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach. You're the voice of the gospel. Preach the gospel. Teaching them everything I have commanded you and I will be with, with you till the end of time. That is our call. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.